Orgasmic Enlightenment, where the sexual and spiritual come together. I'm Kimanami, and I'm a holistic sex and relationship coach and a vaginal weightlifter. In this show, we explore all things intimate. I believe that our sexual energy is life force, creative energy, and we can use it to shape our worlds, strengthen our relationships, and self-actualize. I blend the most avant-garde information from neuroscience, ancient sexual practices like Tantra and Taoism, to renegade wellness modalities to show you how to create gourmet sex in your lives. Come one, come all. From toxic femininity to the divine feminine. We hear these phrases tossed around a lot these days, the toxic masculine and the feminine, the divine masculine and the divine feminine. The idea of toxic femininity or masculinity seems to mean too much of a good thing, where certain qualities in balance are positive and then carried to an extreme, they're thought to be destructive. For example, the traits that we might see as being the archetypal masculine are strength, power, confidence, assertiveness, dominance, going out in the world and taking what is his, are exaggerated in a man who goes over the edge into aggression, bullying, and violence to obtain what he wants, an abuse of his innate power. Nowadays, though, the gender spectrum has shifted so much that plain old masculinity is now being labeled as toxic. And I've talked about this at length in my Alpha versus Beta Males podcast episode and my beta male variant video on YouTube. If toxic masculinity is too much of what we've come to see as the archetype, then we would define toxic femininity as the same thing. If the archetypal feminine characteristics are softness, receptivity, flow, openness, surrender, magnetizing and attracting what we want, enjoying and cultivating beauty, then the exaggeration of those would be too much submissiveness and not owning one's power or being able to set healthy boundaries, needy, whiny, codependent, victim mindset and outsourcing of power and needing to be taken care of, being a mother or wife to the exclusion of any other identity, and prioritizing your appearance above everything else in your life and damaging or even poisoning your body to achieve a certain aesthetic result. As with all things, we are looking for the balance. If you've listened to me for a while, you know that I am a strong supporter of embracing and appreciating our archetypal gender differences rather than vilifying them or trying to pretend that they don't exist. And with toxic femininity or masculinity, we're just over the mark. To illustrate some of these characteristics, I thought that we could frame the conversation using goddess archetypes. And I typically don't use goddesses as frames of reference because the term has been bastardized over the years. What used to be thought of as a fierce and awe-inducing supernatural being in control of cosmic forces has been reduced to Friday night gatherings of middle-aged, overweight women in long, flowing white gowns sitting around in circles and eating chocolate. Now that's cultural misappropriation! So for this purpose, we are returning to the original ideas of these beings. 
Let's start with Kali. Kali is my spirit animal. She is the Hindu goddess of destruction, death, and rebirth. She really is the essence of la petite mort, the French term for orgasm, the little death and rebirth, taking the dark and transforming it into light. She is known as the battlefield demon killer and the destroyer of illusions. She's thought of as the embodiment of the dark feminine, rising up to fiercely slay and vanquish. She encourages us to dive into the darkness and alchemize it into light. And this is the act of taking some quality, which is the entire theme of this episode, that has a destructiveness to it and transforming it so that we can integrate it and use its wisdom and gifts. One of the qualities of the out-of-balance feminine is being overly accommodating, subservient, or submissive. And this is definitely culturally manufactured, but it plays upon the natural feminine concept of opening, going with the flow, and deeply surrendering. And I saw this play out at times in my own life and in my sexual fantasies where I would often imagine being dominated and succumbing. And then I met someone, this is over 20 years ago, who was into conscious BDSM, and this was one of the most powerful relationships I have ever had. And I say conscious because his approach was very deep and profound. He was a Sufi, a third to eighth degree black belt in 16 different martial arts. He was very spiritual, but he was also a self-made multi-millionaire. And so he traversed many dimensions and conquered them all. And with him, we explored these archetypal energies of the exaggerated feminine in my complete and utter submission to him, which meant doing away with my ego, my little self attachments of who I was and how I thought that I was and throwing that all into the fire. And he played this role of the very exaggerated, powerful, strong, dominant, and he was worthy of my submission. He embodied this darkness and power, and he was the facilitator of me hunting my own demons, and indeed, he would bring them to my doorstep. So by going deeply into my submissive side, I learned how to fully open and surrender and access a massive feminine power that changed my entire life. By allowing myself to be dominated by someone I trusted and embracing that experience, which was also hugely erotic, I exorcised the dark side of this quality and swung out much more confident in my daily life. I became effortless dominant, clear, fearless, and unfuckwithable. I was better at sending and keeping boundaries, asking for what I wanted, and taking a stand and speaking my truth. So having places in your life to really surrender is essential as a woman and as a human. It allows you to integrate the healthy elements of that softness and surrender combined with the ability to stand up for yourself when needed, and this becomes the totality of your life, a combination of all of these qualities that you can lean into in whatever situation demands of them. And I go into much more detail about this relationship and how it all went down in the Well-Fucked Woman Salon because we explore polarity and the archetypal feminine very deeply in there. 
So Devi is the mother goddess archetype, and she's another Hindu goddess. And it's quite interesting in these in the Hindu system because a lot of the well, pretty much all the gods and goddesses reincarnate in different forms of themselves. And so you have Durga and Parvati, and like these different, even Kali, like morphs into the dark mother goddess at times. And so, anyway, for this you know, sit process, we'll just call her Davy. So, but even within all kinds of different myths and legends, we find this expression from the virgin mother to the protector and the warrioress. So birth is the ultimate rite of passage for a woman where she self-actualizes the true nature of her female body. And one of the reasons I am so passionate about natural and orgasmic birth is that the portal of birth is a massive initiation for a woman, one that tests her strength, courage, and ability to go within and find the answers there. Ultimately, this is the test of her life and her training for motherhood via her vagina, where all the good things come from. And this is also via the birth of her child, which is the rebirth of her. I have spoken at length about the deliberate efforts on behalf of the allopathic and OBGYN professions to wrest this power away from women by encouraging them to outsource it at every turn from adolescent hormone blockers, i.e. the birth control pill, the use of which often extends for decades to doctors controlling women's pregnancies and births with the message that a woman couldn't possibly do this without their help. It's far, far too dangerous all the way through to menopause with more hormones. Women really are the cash cows of Western medicine. And in the process, they are continuing trained to give away all of their divine reproductive power. Women are the ultimate magical and alchemical beings. They take a sperm and an egg and they make a new life. And then from their own bodies, they generate the most ambrosia, food of the gods-like substance on the planet, breast milk. And yet, the importance of the mother, her sacredness, her power has been denigrated. And it starts with the treatment of these sacred powers and the subjugation of them to the medical profession. And then with that lack of confidence and through the modern traumatizing experiences of pregnancy and birth, the way most women give birth, she goes forward into motherhood, timid and unsure of herself. Instead of embodying the protector, the fierce mama bear, and inner knowing energy that she earns through giving birth naturally, she is constantly looking to outside sources to know how to feed her baby, how to make it sleep, where should it sleep, how should it go to bed, what stage is it in, is it normal? All of her instincts have been eroded. And so the daily awesome moment-to-moment power that she would derive from being a mother, this divine being, is lost. And instead, the opposite happens. Her contributions to society become minimized. She is a glorified, or not even, housekeeper. She washes socks and makes dinner and scrubs toilets. And interestingly, I've recently observed the trad wife as in traditional 
wife movement, which is reclaiming the power of a woman as mother and as this incredible being. And there's all these women posting on how they can't wait to have six children and 10 chickens and make cookies all day. And I have to say, I love the idea of people returning to sovereignty and being super conscious of what they're eating and cultivating an independent lifestyle, especially in these crazy times. And the flip of this, though, is when women solely identify as mothers, meaning they forego any other kind of career or vocation. And this is your proverbial 50s housewife who existed only to serve her husband and children. There is a happy medium. So I fully support and encourage extended breastfeeding and attachment parenting, which require a woman spend more time with her children in their early years. I also believe that we all have our own unique gifts to give to the world and that being a mother is a hugely powerful part of who we are, but it's not the sum total of who we are. And over the years, I watched women who were only housewives become lost, even during the time that they were raising their children, but certainly after their children left, where they never really established their own identity. They only had one in relation to others. Motherhood can be a place where women hide. And I saw this all the time in the housewives, in my extended family, in my neighborhood when I was growing up, where these women just seemed kind of like a shell of themselves. So the positive side to the motherhood journey is fully owning and embracing the power of the divine, right? This divine channel and life giver with access to other dimensions to bring forth new life. And historically, like in ancient cultures, the mother was revered for that. You know, it's only a recent thing that there's been this denigration and subjugation and theft of that power, or it's not really theft if you give it to them, (laughs) quite frankly. And in the process, we keep exploring our own personal journeys and evolution, our soul dharma, our contributions to the world that are independent from your husband and children. And you'll find that both realms will feed and energize each other. And then we have Aphrodite, the love goddess. Love, sensuality, beauty, she embodies all of it. And in balance, this is a woman who owns and loves her essence and her beauty. This is the kind of woman who may not be supermodel attractive, but she owns what she's got. And because she does, she is gorgeous. And she's not afraid to radiate and inhabit her own beauty. She's not afraid of the judgment of other women. She's not afraid of too much male attention that she might not know how to deal with. She is impervious to other people's projections upon her. A woman who is acutely aware of other people's projections upon her typically becomes someone who I kind of may make an example of in last week's podcast episode called Boobs versus Breasts, where I talk about women who buy their titties at the titty store and they're desperately wanting attention on themselves. We have women seeking plastic surgery, injections, and constantly making their faces into real live Instagram filters. This is a woman whose self-worth is wound up in how other people see her, and in particular, her perceived attractiveness or fuckability as a woman. And so everything that she does is to fit this mold rather than creating her own. So 
There are all kinds of ways to make these transformations. The one that will get you there the fastest and create your own balance of power in all of these areas is to become well fucked. If you're new around here or you need reminding, being well fucked isn't about how much sex that you're having, it's about the quality of sex. We prefer gourmet sex around here and learning to consciously tap into your sexual energy as a power source. And when you do that, when you own and inhabit your sensual self, all of that potent life force energy does this rebalancing naturally. So many of these ailments are simply symptoms of fukme, which is the disease of being severely underfucked. And under or over inhabiting of these qualities creates imbalance. All of these places in your life begin to correct themselves without you having to consciously work at it. You just need to go fuck yourself or your partner with depth, heart, and the spirit of throwing everything into the alchemical fire. Your sexual energy is the greatest healer, rebalancer, and self-actualizing tool you have, and you have it quite literally at your fingertips. By exploring my own sexual shadow parts, I was able to alchemize them. The desire to be dominated, I went deeply into it and I gave over all control and realized in the process that the only things that I really lost were my little self, my attachments and ideas of who I thought I was, my insecurities, all of that was vanquished and then thrown into the fire. By facing all those parts of me, I exercised them and came through it fearless and so sure of who I was that the opinions of other people meant nothing any longer. I had my own stamp of approval and I didn't need anyone else's. Actually, I remember at that time thinking I should get a stamp of approval tattoo to just remind myself that, you know, I've already got it. Uh, I found a balance between loving compassion and then pulling out the sword when I needed it. The missing ingredient in many of the mother archetypes is sexuality, and particularly in the Christian one, we have the virgin mother indeed, and this thing fucks up nearly every woman, and she has to journey to figure it out, because when you add in, or rather keep in, sensuality to pregnancy and birth, you end up with an orgasmic, utterly pleasurable birth, and that becomes the imprint for your mothering life. Sensual, blissful, easy, flowing, you savor breastfeeding, and you realize how your birth experience deepened your partner's connection as well. Because the the only people who have a difficult birth that separates them is the people who go into their birth already separated. They have some kind of estranging factor that's already going on with them. A couple who's close and they go into their birth experience, very intimate, very connected, very sensual. They come out of it bonded and more strongly connected than ever. The birth experience deepens their bond like nothing before. But most people, when they're traumatized in their very sterile and emergency style births, they come out with PTSD and suffering and trauma. And because they're not allowed to, they never trace it back to having originated with the birth. So the entire well-fucked woman meme that I've been talking about for decades is the glow you wear as a result of tapping into and owning this energy. It's a radiance that people see and feel and run across the streets to be close to. I have countless stories of women having a great night of loving by themselves or with a partner and then going out to, you know, buy groceries and pump gas all dolled up in their messy bun and sweats and no 
no makeup, as in not dolled up at all, and then getting hit on left, right, and center because people can smell and feel a well-fucked woman, a woman who owns all of herself. So in the depths of your sexual exploration, you have this arena, this place that you can explore all of your shadow parts and you can create this change from within because there is no better alchemizer, super combustor, and life changer than quality gourmet sex. It is thousands of hours of therapy, dozens of ayahuasca trips, and years of meditation all combined to bring you into the truth of who you are. In the Well-Fucked Woman Salon, I help you to identify, excavate, and transform your blocks and weaknesses into your greatest powers. I go into depth and I share my own personal journey in my nearly year-long BDSM relationship where I went deeper than I ever had and came into balance with my feminine self, learned the art of surrender, and came out truly not giving a fuck anymore. I'll show you how to have the deeper vaginal orgasms, which are what help you to burn through the dross of your life and elevate yourself into your highest potential. La petite more, the little death and rebirth indeed. The Well-Fucked Woman Salon begins in early July. In the meantime, you can sign up for the free preview video series where I dive deeper into feminine power, vaginal orgasms, and becoming a well-fucked woman. Go to kimanami.com, click on Sexual Savant Salons, and then you'll see the Well-Fucked Woman. Thank you so much for listening. If you haven't already, subscribe and also leave a review and send someone else the gift of a healthy libido and an off the charts love life by sharing this episode with them. We'll be back next week. And in the meantime, many happy orgasms.